Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in 1 Timothy. Now we are ready to read chapter 5. At the end of chapter 4, Paul was um, basically encouraging uh, Timothy to pay close attention to himself as in and his teaching as in concentrate on his personal development and make sure that he you know is studying the word and growing in the faith for as you do this you will ensure salvation for both yourself and those who hear you so it's an excellent recommendation and idea from Paul to Timothy and thus to us now the beginning of chapter 5 here we're ready to start here um, I am reading in the Amplified Bible. So, this is first, first, <laughs> this is first Timothy chapter 5. I'm going to start here in verse 1. Do not sharply reprimand an older man, but appeal to him as you would to a father, to younger men as brothers, to older women as mothers, to younger women as sisters, in all purity, being careful to maintain appropriate relationships. Now notice what Paul is telling Timothy here, how we should talk to others. And and now these are this sounds like others in the congregation, okay? You know, we should um speak to them as if they are a part of our normal family, because they are part of our Christian family. So we should treat them as if they're part of our normal family. We should, you know, appeal to an older man. As if he were our father, you know, talk to him sensibly and logically and try to appeal to him to, you know, listen in a good way. And then, you know, as far as younger men as brothers, you know, older women as mothers, again, try to appeal to them and talk to them in a, in a nice way, treating them nicely like you would your mother and with respect both the older men and women and I mean you should also respect your brothers and sisters too but but you know what I mean you tend to give your parents a little more respect so um, and then to younger women as sisters and in all purity being careful to maintain appropriate relationships so in all purity means you know we're not going to get out of line or step over any boundaries with our congregational family okay so you know we shouldn't be you know interacting with them inappropriately so with verse 3 honor and help those widows who are truly widowed alone and without support but if a widow has children or grandchildren who are adults see to it that these first learn to show great respect to their own family as the religious duty and natural obligation and to compensate their parents or grandparents for their upbringing for this is acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God now a woman who is really a widow and has been left entirely alone without adequate income um, trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day whereas she who lives for pleasure and self-indulgence is spiritually dead even while she still lives keep instructing the people to do these things as well so that they may be blameless and beyond reproach in other words you know we should be trusting in god and praying to god always you know night and day 
So, um, <clears throat> if anyone fails to provide for his own, and especially for those of his own family, he has denied the faith by disregarding its precepts and is worse than an unbeliever who fulfills his obligations in these matters. Now, I want you to know that the Amplified is adding in that who fulfills his obligation in these matters. Now, that may be the intentional meaning, but uh, I just want you to know if that's being added in. I've always read this as he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. In other words, someone who's not taking care of their own family is worse than an unbeliever. So, because we should be, we know better. To me, I think we're worse than an unbeliever, you know, whether they do this or not, just because we know better. You know, they don't necessarily know better, but we should know better. We should know to take care of our own. A widow is to be put on the list to receive regular assistance only if she is over 60 years of age, having been the wife of one man, and has a reputation for good deeds. She is eligible if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the feet of the saints, God's people, if she has assisted the distressed and has devoted herself to doing good in every way but refuse to enroll the younger widows for when they feel their natural desires in disregard for of Christ, they wish to marry again, and so they incur condemnation for having set aside their previous pledge. And I guess Paul is indicating that they could have pledged to never marry again and remain a widow. But... Um, it's, it's hard for a person, it, it's hard for a man to do that, it's hard for a woman to do that. They may still find someone, if they're young, they may still find someone that they're interested in. So it's best not to make such a pledge or promise or vow if you, you know, if you can't really carry it through. So, and he's saying that a lot of times young people will make a pledge like that, but then they will not be able to sustain it, and, and that's fair that's fair. I would find that difficult myself probably. Um, now at the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go from house to house. And not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, meddlers and things that do not concern them, talking about things they should not mention. So I want you younger widows to get married, have children, manage their households, and not give opponents of the faith any occasion for slander. So now he's saying this is the same thing about the people who were um, we were reading about previously who were being idle and lazy and they were becoming busybodies and and trouble and so he's saying these these young these young widows can become that way they can become idle um, and get into trouble because they start you know gossiping and being busybodies and 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 mind you these are general statements these are not meant to be. 100% encompassing, but in general, it just leaves the door open for trouble if you're just idle and other people are always taking care of you and, you know, you're young and maybe you want to continue on with life, you know, and not um, with a more of a, uh, I'll say, uh, what would you call it? More of a 
I can't think of the right word right now, and I apologize for that, but just more of a normal life, maybe, maybe they get into, you know, the, they get idle, and then they become busybodies and stuff, you know, because they don't have anything to do, and they kind of, they want to, you know, they, uh, anyway, it's just, um, it's not good. It's not good for us to not be productive and have something to do and uh, to be active doing things. Um, especially something producing something or creating something, that's always good. So, anyway, I'm going to continue on from that since I will never be a younger widow anyway. Um, some widows have already turned away from the faith to follow Satan. If any believing woman has dependent widows in her household, she must assist them according to her ability, and the church must not be burdened with them, so that it may assist those who are truly widows, those who are all alone and are dependent. So now this could be a case of uh, maybe a mother-in-law. Um, and that's similar. Let's see. Let's go back. I think that's similar to verse 8. Yeah, if a man fails to provide for his own family, and this is, this is similar except that it's a woman, and it could be that it's a mother-in-law, which is still part of your family. You know, just like if it was your father or father-in-law, it's the same difference. I mean, that's all, um, that's all the same. We should try to take care of our, our elderly people in our family. So, so verse 17, the elders who perform their leadership duties well are to be considered worthy of double honor, financial support, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching the word of God concerning eternal salvation through Christ. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain to keep it from eating. And the worker is worthy of his wages. He deserves fair compensation. So this is saying that basically if you have elders or an elder, I don't know, but if you have elders who are really that working the church, I mean, that is their job. They are basically um, preaching and teaching and 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 taking care of all the church functions. If that is basically their full-time job, then they are worthy of financial support. Now, I know uh, that's the way I'm saying it, and that's the way I'm thinking of it. There could be other situations where they are worthy of financial support, and, and I'm maybe not thinking of that, but nonetheless... He's talking about people who are really, are really performing their duties, you know, uh, continually at a high level. You know, they're putting their time, all their time, into the uh, the congregation. So, and these folks are worthy of support. Okay, so then verse nineteen: Do not accept an accusation against an elder unless it is based on the testimony of at least two or three witnesses. As for those elders who continue in sin, reprimand them in the presence of all the congregation so that the rest will be warned. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of his chosen angels that you guard and keep these rules without bias. Do nothing out of favoritism. So he's saying that even the elders, if they, if they are sinning, if they are continuing in sin, you know, to, you know, put that forth in front of the whole congregation so we're out in the open about everything. Um, it's really not intended, I mean, 
I guess it does set a good example for one that we would come forth if, if any of us had an issue or something we were struggling with and we came out and said, look, you know, I'm having this issue, I've had this issue, you know, I'm doing these things, these things are wrong, I'm really trying to, you know, fight against this and resist this, whatever that temptation or problem might be. You know, it's good to be up front. If you're going to be the leader, if you're going to be one well, elder, you know, an elder is one of the is one of the leaders. You know, the the elders are the leaders of the congregation. If you're going to be that, you need to be up front and open and willing to, you know, come forth with these things. Because we all know we're not we're not perfect. We're all still human. Any of us can make an error, make a mistake. You know. These things, these things can happen to any of us at any age, at any time. So, all right. Do not hurry to lay hands on anyone ordaining and approving someone for ministry or an office in the church, or in reinstating expelled offenders and thereby sharing the sins of others. Keep yourself free from sin. Now, Paul's advising here not to, not to hurry to reinstate someone or to approve someone in a leadership role, but rather, you know, to take time, make sure that they're on the up and up as best you can, you know, make sure that way you will not, you know, accidentally share in any sin or feel guilt over anything that they might do that is wrong. Okay. So that's, that's good advice to take your time. There's no need to be in a hurry. There's no rush. Better to do something correctly than to do it incorrectly and, and need to redo it over and over. Okay. Then he says, No longer continue drinking only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. Now, I have a note here that says that they believe, possibly, um, Timothy just never had developed a tolerance for the water in the area because it was often contaminated and uh, they would drink wine a lot of times to help um, you know I mean honestly uh, if the water is contamin contaminated then you would need to be able to drink something that would be a little um, easier easier I, well uh, something that would not have the the bacteria and not have whatever the, the bad stuff was, you know, in the water. So, um, you know, wine, having a little bit of alcohol in it, tends to not have, you know, the bacteria and stuff, and it would be a little better for your, for your system if your system's having trouble digesting the local water, which is, you know, contaminated. So, you know, it would be better to do that. Now, you know... Uh, it sounds like Timothy usually just drank water, but Paul's saying, look, it's okay to have a little bit to help your stomach and to keep you from being sick like that. Because when your stomach's all upset and you're sick, you're probably not at your best either. So then, um, Paul continues, the sins of some people are conspicuous, leading the way for them into judgment so that they are clearly not qualified for ministry. But the sins of others appear later, for they are hidden and fall behind them. Likewise, good deeds are quite evident, and those which are otherwise cannot be hidden indefinitely. 
So here he's referring back to the previous discussion, and he's saying, you know, if you take your time, if you're not in a rush, the sins of some people are conspicuous, and you will see it immediately. But for others, for some people, their sin is not obvious, and it, it will not appear it will not appear right away. It follows behind them, and over time you will see it. And then he says, likewise, good deeds, good deeds are quite evident. Good deeds are obvious and, and show up in, in the manner of the person and in the, what they do. It will be obvious. You will see it. And um, those which are otherwise bad deeds cannot be hidden forever. They will show up. But sometimes you need to take a little time to see if someone is really qualified and ready for ministry, if they are really um, where they should be in their life to do that, in their spiritual life, you know. So that is the end of First Timothy chapter 5. So I think we have one more chapter. In this epistle, yes, we do. So we have one more chapter after this, and then I will try to do uh, a summary for this. But uh, right now, that is the end of chapter 5. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, God loves you.